Bokar Tov, everybody. So we're continuing with the Gerat HaRamban, and we're reaching the end. So in the next line, Ramban says to his son, when he tells him what we said in the last one, that you should read this, you get this letter once a week, and not less, so you should fulfill it and follow it, and follow in its ways always after Hashem. So Ramban continues, So that you will be successful in all your ways. And you will merit the world to come that is hidden away for the righteous, for the tzaddikim. So, Fuer picks up here that the Ramban has a very strong focus on the reward coming later on in the world to come. Not immediate gratification, but delayed gratification. So, he points out here that the Ramban is teaching his son that in order to achieve piety, humility, all the character traits that we've been discussing until now, what does a person have to do? He has to say to himself, I will reserve my enjoyment for the world to come. The key to success in these areas of, of serving Hashem with uh, Anava and Hasidut and all these levels that Ramban was describing until now is the ability for a person to delay his gratification. And instead of going after short-term gains, short-term benefits, short-term enjoyment, pleasure in this world, to be able to push off and hold off for long-term benefit, long-term gain, long-term pleasure. That's the point of decision. That's the point of choice that the person has to make. And he says here that this world is not conducive to real pleasure. There's no real pleasure in this world. It's too fleeting. It doesn't last. Whatever pleasure there is in this world is temporary. It's a life of change. It's a life of, it's a, it's a, a, of work. There's nothing here that's permanent, that lasts, that's eternal. Whatever a person's enjoying in this world, it's a temporal and temporary enjoyment. We, we do have a glimpse of the world to come because we have something called Shabbat. Shabbat is me'en olam haba. It's a glimpse of the world to come. It's a taste of the world to come. And we can get a little taste of what that enjoyment is that's going to be in this world. We don't do any work. We, there's no change. Everything stays the way it is. We keep things the way it is. We grow spiritually, but the physical world remains as it is. That's our job on Shabbat. That's to teach us a little bit what Olam Haba is going to be like. That we can't do anything in Olam Haba to change the world that exists. But we have to prepare ourselves before. So just like we prepare ourselves for Shabbat, preparing ourselves for Shabbat is an indication, it's a message, it's a lesson of preparing ourselves for Olam Haba. So the key, he says, is that ability to delay the gratification. He quotes the famous Gemara, Masechet Ravina, and says, Hayom la'asotam, today is to do the mitzvot, umachar le'kabel sechariam, tomorrow is the time to get the reward for the mitzvot. Deferred payment as opposed to instant gratification. And he quotes this uh, Gemara, Masechet Kiddushin, Sechar mitzvah b'hai al-maleka. The reward for this mitzvot is not to be found in this world. The real reward doesn't exist in this world. So Vanagaon says, why is it not going to be found in this world? You can't, he, there's no currency. There's no, Hashem can't pay you in this world because there's nothing in this world that exists that can be worthwhile enough to pay the person the reward that he, he deserves for doing this vote, the world that's ultimately good, the reward that is ultimately going to come in Olam Abba. Now, as an aside, Rambam very famously writes in Chot Teshuvah that there are times a person will give a person material success in this world as a result of his doing the mitzvot. We read in the Shema, right? That if you listen to the mitzvot, and that the pasuk continues later on, I'll give you rain, early rain, late rain, you'll gather your grain, your wine, your oil, you'll be able to gather all these things in. 
Where is that? What do you mean? There's no reward in this world. So Rambam explains that when a person directs himself towards serving Hashem, so that Hashem is going to give him the means to be able to continue to serve Hashem. A person dedicates himself to serving Hashem, so Hashem will give him the material things, the material benefits that he needs, not as a reward for his mitzvot, but as a vehicle for further fulfillment of mitzvot. That's what the Torah means when the Torah tells us that we will get these rewards for our service of Hashem. But these are, those are not the ultimate rewards. Those are not the true rewards. Because there's no true reward in this world. The true reward comes in the world to come. So now once he's on the topic of uh, staying away from physical gratification in this world and the pleasure of this world and pursuing one's pleasures in the next world, so he tells a, a fascinating story, very intense, very intense story. Uh, not necessarily the, the story itself is intense, but the conclusion is intense. Probably not on the level of any of us, but at least we can learn the story and realize that something like this exists. So he tells a story about um, the Sha'agat Aryeh, Reb Aryeh Leib of Metz. He wrote a very famous sefer called Sha'agat Aryeh. So his wife, he and his wife were, uh, Reb Aryeh Leib and his wife, they lived in poverty their whole lives. He was very dedicated to uh, his studies, to Olam Haba. He they engaged minimally in, in business so he can, they just so they could survive, probably they, very, very little. But for the most part, they were, he was um, dedicated to his studies. And he lived in dire, dire poverty for his entire life. So at the age of 70, he got a position as the Rav in a city called Metz. It was a very wealthy city. And uh, it was very prosperous, very prestigious, and they were able to have uh, you know, a more uh, manageable living. So soon after they arrived in the city, so the Rebbitzin hosted a dinner to honor the community leaders. So they thought it would be a nice thing to do, to honor those who dedicate their time to support the community. And uh, the congregation provided the food. I guess, you know, like today, when the rabbi hosts a meal, so sometimes the, the congregation will arrange catering of the meal, sometimes. Sometimes the rabbi or his wife will cook also. But that was the situation. So the congregation arranged for the food to be made. So they included delicacies, which the Rebbe said had never seen before. They came to this wealthy town, they'd never seen any of this stuff before. So she was puzzled by this bag of white granular crystals. She'd never seen it before. She assumed it was a special dish. So after the meal, the Rebbe served the sweet crystals, and people told her, you know, by the way, this is called sugar. So she enjoyed some of this delicious sugar, but then she approached the Rebbe and she burst into tears. She said, woe unto us. All of our lives we took no pleasure from this world, so we could fully enjoy the world to come. But look, now we have faltered and have tested our portion, have tasted of our portion in this world. So obviously the story is not, uh, in the way that it was manifest in the story, is not something we can really relate to because we probably all eat sugar, right? Everybody eats sugar. It's not, uh, none of us are on this level where we don't taste from any of the pleasures of this world at all. But at least it gives us a sense of what it means of a person to live a life of Olam Haba. To live a life where the Olam Haza is zero and everything is looking for, towards Olam Haba. And not wanting to get any unnecessary pleasure from this world because any unnecessary pleasure from this world in some way could take away from the pleasure of the world to come. So again, none of us are on this level and we all enjoy sugar and then we all have the pleasures of this world which we take part in and we, which we enjoy. 
But just to keep in mind, there is such a thing, there is such a musak, such a concept, and each of us can apply it to our lives in our own ways, in our own relationship, in our own, our own, our own connection with the physical material world. But there is such a reality of a person living his life in Olam Hazeb, but living purely for Olam Haba. He's here in the physical world of this world, but his, 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 his mind, his, his existence, his, his exploration of enjoyment, is all connected to the delayed gratification. It's all connected to Olam Haba. He doesn't want any of the instant gratification. He doesn't want anything from this world. He delays it all to Olam Haba because he knows that's where the real reward is. That's where the real outcome for a person's actions can have a wonderful day, everybody. Call to and Bezer Hashem next year we will continue with this concept of Olam Hazeh versus Olam Haba, reward, etc. Um, how a person and how we relate to the pleasures of Olam Hazeh. Have a great day. Call to